thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today in place of my co-host Corey Walsh is a man you all should be very familiar with, and that is none other than Justin Rowan of the Chase Down podcast. Justin, my man, how are you doing? Mac, I'm doing great. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I've uh, been listening to you guys, uh, of course, uh, throughout the offseason, and I- I'm just so excited that that basketball is finally here. This is really the best time of the year. We got football on, we got baseball playoffs, and okay, basketball. I'm, I'm going to correct you. Sorry, sorry to ruin your flow <laughs> off the top. If it means we have to go a little longer, we go a little longer. You can't lump football in when we have yet another oh. awful Thursday night game. I My heart breaks for Justin Fields, free Justin Fields, free Darnell Mooney. Uh, but my goodness, like some of, some of the football this year when there isn't 17 games on, has just been a nightmare. Like outside of the red zone, it's it's just awful. It, let's call it what it is. Prime might want to rethink their partnership <laughs> uh, on some of these slates of games that we're getting. It just, I don't know. It just never seems to really come all together on Thursday night anymore. It, it's so <laughs> weird. I don't know. But uh, yeah, as a avid Ohio State fan myself, uh, free <laughs> Justin Fields, um, I really just hope that uh, CJ Stroud does not end up in this in a similar type of situation. But uh, I'm, as a I'm forever grateful. I am forever <laughs> grateful that I got off that narcotic and I am no longer a Chicago Bears fan. I, I'm it, it's one of the best decisions I've made. It's it's the only team I've given up on as a fan, and I feel justified all the time. I I probably <laughs> I would have got excited about Justin Fields. I, I still believe if Justin Fields was drafted by the Niners, he'd be mm-hmm. killing it. He would look great. I it, quarterback play is so much about situation and, and how you're used and and how you're developed. But man, it, it's it's brutal. Landing spots matter. Like we can't get ourselves where you're drafted. Definitely matters. Um, wishing the best to Justin Fields. Hopefully, you know, he's not ruined there in Chicago, but who knows? I have never heard anybody just outright say, I just gave up. <laughs> I just gave up on a team. I've never heard anybody <laughs> say that. That's a first. <laughs> you, you know what? So, sometimes you have to prioritize your own mental health and your own well-being. And you know what? Like, especially as I dove more into Cavs coverage and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm all in. I, I've dropped off some of my other sports habits. I've, I've even taken a break from the Winnipeg Jets because, you know, they've they've just disappointed me and and i I just don't have the same free time uh that i used to have but you know what it's it's definitely a decision that i do not regret yeah you do have to prioritize that or you go crazy depending upon who your team is yeah um so far too often man we hear the words it's only preseason or take it with a grain of salt in reference to a player or team's performance um you know throughout the preseason whether it's good or bad. And with that said, this team has gone one in two in his first three games. And we've seen some really good things and we've seen some not so good things out of this team so far. So with that in mind, how are you managing your expectations for this upcoming season based off of what you've seen thus far? You know, I, I don't let preseason really color any of my expectations just because a lot of it is, you know, guys kind of going out there, you're trying different combinations, you're experimenting, you're you're trying to get a sweat, you're trying to, you know, get back into basketball shape. Um, I I think that there's things that you can kind of see flashes of. 
but we're not going to know how a lot of this translates until we're like 15, 20 games into this regular season. Like the sample size is going to be small at the start. People are going to overreact. Um, so when I'm watching preseason, a lot of times I'm not even watching the score and I'm just focusing on kind of individual plays. What are they trying to accomplish? Uh, what, what looks are, are they trying to throw out there? Uh, like e- even when Isaiah Mobley uh, checked in in the first quarter uh, of game two, it was pretty clear that the intention there was to find a way to slide Dean Wade over to, to the three and get him some reps there. Right. So I'm not taking too much from it, but I, I do think it's it's encouraging, though, that you don't see kind of the massive red flag growing pains type stuff where there's like a lot of watching and standing around between Garland and Mitchell. That That's the kind of stuff that could be concerning and, and uh, you'd worry about that translating, but th- there hasn't been any big negative red flags. And, and as far as the optimistic parts, we're, we're going to need to see a lot more, uh, but before we know exactly how sustainable or how any of that's going to translate. I think that's fair. You know, I I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve a lot, and uh, that shows on social media. <laughs> For those of uh, you out there who follow me, I'm either really high or I'm really low um, in regards to some of the individual performances when it comes to this team. Um, I try my best to kind of separate the the reality that this is preseason, but it's just it's really encouraging in some cases uh, to see a guy finally break through or a guy finally get his shot. And uh, one of the things that me and Corey have been talking about recently with Evan Mobley uh, missing the first three games of preseason is other guys getting opportunities. And, you know, whether that be to showcase themselves for the Cavs in that last roster spot or two way, uh, if anybody gets converted or for another team who may be watching, you know, because let's not kid ourselves. This is this is a time of season where where GMs and scouts are really evaluating um, whether or not they can pick off players who may be uh, let go at some point. So uh, for me, I, I, I really just try and, and not to put too much stock into this, but we just can't help it sometimes. Uh, case in point, uh, Isaac Okoro yesterday had a very encouraging performance, yet I've heard so many negative things uh, this this preseason from a lot of fans who, who, who just do not consider this guy starting material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then and then you have other guys who really just have not had a good showing at all. And, and in my opinion, a guy like R.J. Nimhart, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I'm pretty done on. Um, but with that being the case, man, who has impressed you the most? through this three-game stretch? Um, So impressed the most just in general, I'm going to say Darius Garland. Like, it is still clearly his team. Like, he's still got the keys. Uh, I I love how assertive he is. Um, The the passing is brilliant. And I think him feeling comfortable still driving the ship makes it easier for Donovan Mitchell to say, okay, I'm going to play off of this and, and let's see what we can kind of accomplish. Um, in, in terms of other guys that, that kind of stand out relative to expectations, I think Karis Levert's look great. Like it's nice to see him coming in healthy and, and committing to being that connecting piece. I don't feel like he's going out there and stopping the ball a lot unnecessarily making quick kind of smart second passes and, and, and doing all the kind of little things uh, that you would want to see out of him as a teammate. So I, I've been very impressed with him. And I mean, Isaac Okoro, like if people don't think he's starting caliber, um, the, the counter to that would be he started a lot of games for a really good team that was close to the one seed uh, before all the injuries hit. Um, I understand the frustration at times, and I think a lot of it does come down to expectations with him being the fifth overall pick versus someone like Lamar Stevens, who, you know, is undrafted and everything he gives you feels like a bonus because you're you're (laughs) not really expecting that. Um, So when it comes to a Coro, you know, you kind of have that push pull where defense is so subjective and a lot of people kind of view defense as something you either do or don't do. And and it's not discussed with the same nuances offense. And I, I mean, I, there's times that I get frustrated, too, right, where, you know, because when you see those flashes, you know, he can bring more to the table. And what we want to see is those those moments where he looks good offensively become more frequent. And I, Just I think some damn consistency. That's what we need. 
Exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think we're we're going to see it right off the bat. Um, I I don't expect him, whether he's coming in off the bench or starting, I don't expect him to be a 15-point-per-game player because, you know, Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley are are going to absorb a lot of those possessions. But what he needs to do is be similar to Jared Allen, where even on nights like last night, where, where Jared Allen only had like five field goal attempts and and eight points, you still felt his presence the whole time he was out there because he's hitting the boards, he's blocking shots, he, he's setting blocks, screens, he's Jeez. being active. And that's what Isaac Okoro needs to do. I'm uh, Everyone's going to focus on the three-point shot and like the that percentage and the number of attempts is going to be the only thing a lot of people grade him on. But what I want to see is that constant activity because he can bring more than just that to the table. I think that's fair. Like, I think we all, at the at, at the end of the day, in our heart, we want Isaac Okoro to succeed. This is a guy who was drafted fifth overall. He has loads of potential still. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential in there. I think a lot of this has just been, uh, you know, him maybe not having the confidence at all times and maybe putting being put into a box uh, far too often throughout the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on a team that's structured the way that the Cavaliers are, especially this season, you don't need the guy to put up 15 to 16 points a night. Um, like you said, you just need him to go out there and do what he does best defend, make, uh, you know, make the most of his opportunities when he has an open shot. You want to see him continuously move, you know, via cutting, finishing things of that nature. And you want to see him move the basketball. Uh, and just keep things flowing. Um, the points will come. You know, I, I I truly do believe that. I think the three point shot, although we saw you know a, a modest improvement in terms of percentage from last season, although at a lower volume, I really do feel like uh, we, we really could be heading into the best season of his career. Now, what that looks like from a statistical standpoint is anybody's guess on this team and with the pecking order that we might see. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think you're selling it a little short when you say modest improvement. Like six percent is pretty substantial, right? Like that's true. If he shoots thirty five percent again for the season, but it's on a higher volume, I'm going to feel pretty okay about that. But like when Carter and I would debate last year about if you could add a handle or a jumper to a Coro, we said a, we leaned handle um, because his ability to kind of, you know, attack and finish at the rim, all, all the other kind of stuff that he does as a connector is really valuable. Um, you, you can look at someone like Jimmy Butler, who doesn't have a good three-point shot, but still has gravity because of the way that he's active. Um, you have to get up on him because he, he's such a physical uh, wing. And, uh, I mean, he's a player in the same mold as uh, Isaac Okoro, right? The, a late bloomer, uh, good, good uh, body, great defensive player, has a high motor. Um, and when it comes to Isaac Okoro, like after December, he shot forty percent from three. Like the the percentage was there. What I want to see is when there are open looks, I don't want him passing that up. When there aren't open looks, I want to see him moving off ball. I want to see him finding those passing lanes. I want to see him attacking the glass. I want to see him pushing in transition. And to me, that stuff matters more than how many three-pointers a game he takes. I, I want to see what he does with the opportunities that are there because there are going to be games where even if he's open, he might not get the ball and get those open shots because they're the ability of Garland and Mitchell to, to get to the rack, uh, to, to set up Mobley and Allen on the inside, like other guys are going to be prioritized. But if he can at least stay active and do those little things, I think he's going to make a solid case for being the starting small forward. He's got to. Um, I feel that this is a pivotal season for him. Uh, this is a pivotal season for many Cavaliers, in my opinion. Uh, with that in mind, who has been the most disappointing through preseason thus far? Um, you know what? I, I would say relative to expectations, Lamar Stevens. Um, I, I was hoping to see maybe a little more growth. And I, I think it's important to remember at the start of last season, Lamar did not look good at all. Uh, th- there was that game, I believe it was against the Clippers, where it was just kind of disastrous, where he dropped a, a few passes, uh, blew a couple layups. And, and um, yeah, I think that was the Lake. Wasn't that the Lakers game? It, it was one yeah. of those L.A. games. Yeah. I, I remember that. And, and at that point, like, I, I was done. I was like, you know what? Like, he was a fun story the previous year, but, man, he looks rough. And maybe, you, you know, the interesting thing about when you get into the start of preseason is 
you work on so much stuff throughout the off season and you're working with a trainer. You're, you're usually doing kind of like one-on-one drills and, and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you get back to that team concept and you're playing against NBA players and it's at a different pace, even in preseason, it's at a, a higher speed than what you're doing throughout the off season. And sometimes you're thinking a little bit too much and you're a step slow in your decision-making. Um, so I, I wouldn't write off Lamar uh, by any stretch of the imagination. We know he can get his way out of the funk. Um, but I, I just think that he's looked rough offensively. And I would say relative to expectations, he's, he's the one that hasn't yet shown the growth that he's had uh, throughout the offseason. So I, I, I would probably say him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like uh, just a few days ago, me and Corey were talking about, hey, this is a guy that we wish JB would like play earlier in the preseason. And I guess this is probably the plan to have him, you know, in the in the latter games of the preseason yeah. go in a little bit earlier. And he lays kind of a kind of a dud last night, at least offensively. Uh, zero points on 0-4 shooting. He did rebound the ball pretty well, and he he had a few nice passes. He did make some plays for others, but it kind just, of feels like with, with JB the way that he's using the role players in preseason, it's mm-hmm. okay. Certain games, you're going to get more of a shot, right? Like uh, Isaiah Mobley only played two minutes in, in the last preseason game uh, against the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And I, I think certain games, it's like, okay, you're going to get your 18 to 20 tonight. And let's see what you can do mixing and matching w- within the starters. So Lamar, you probably know more about what he's going to bring to the table. He's been around longer and he's kind of getting these back two games, I, I guess, in, in terms of minutes and opportunities. Uh, but this way, instead of, you know, everybody gets 10 minutes and, and you're kind of looking over your shoulder of when you're going to get subbed out, you actually can go out there and, and play and, and get a, a legitimate opportunity. That's that's at least my read on it. Uh, I, I'd be interested to, to hear what JB has to say, but that's what it feels like when I, when I look at the minute distribu- distribution. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that you're just at a part in the season where guys are just their minutes are going to fluctuate because you're trying to see how different lineup combinations work. You're trying to see who fits best where Uh, Lamar to me is just, I believe in the guy. I I don't know what the three point shot is, is going to eventually come to, but even without that, he does a lot of other things that are impactful. Uh, He does kind of seem like a slow starter. Um, Mm -hmm. I do not know whether or not he's going to be included in that nine to 10 man rotation to begin this season, which is, it's just tough because, like, all these guys, you want Dean Wade, you want Lamar Stevens, uh, you, Dylan Windler, Jetty Osmond. There's just so many guys who who you want to have an opportunity to go out there and be impactful and and make some of the something of themselves and whatnot. And um, if preseason is any indication, there's going to be a lot of battling for those for those uh, rotational spots. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, it's. I I think it's tough too because even if you look at the opening night rotation, I don't know if Howell Neto is going to be in it. Right? <laughs> like even though he's the backup point guard, mm-hmm. like if you're trying to create minutes for Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, Jetty Osman, and hey, maybe even Dylan Windler, uh, <laughs> if he's healthy, right? Like there there's only so many min- wing minutes available, and unfortunately, I, I think that means that. Someone like Lamar is probably on the outside looking in. Like, even if you're talking about third string power forward minutes, I would probably lean Dean Wade over Lamar Stevens because, you know, he's three inches taller. I, I think he's more naturally at, uh, equipped to play that position, even though Lamar is a little bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I definitely feel like he's going to be on the outside looking in. But the nice thing is you do know that he has stepped up in the past if there are injuries, if there is a need for him to play. He can go out there and he can play hard and and, and defend forward pretty well uh gets a little shaky if he has to guard uh any guards or or or, or wings that are a little more crafty with their playmaking abilities but uh he's at least a nice depth piece to have and and i'm I'm happy he's on the roster it's just start of the year if they're fully healthy i I think he's on the outside looking in yeah there could be a lot of guys (laughs) that end up uh just kind of looking sad on the bench um you know we'll be cheering on their teammates and whatnot nonetheless but that's just the reality of the situation with this roster um and and in my opinion i feel like this is a much deeper roster although you know when the offseason first started um nobody would have guessed that the Cavs would have ended up with donovan mitchell colin sexton (laughs) lowry marketing ochai abaji would not even suit up in a game. Uh, there's just been so many changes, and I feel like this team is in a much better spot than it was last season in a, in a couple of key positions, and having that depth is important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, is there a player who just hasn't had a good showing so far that you believe will actually be impactful once the season begins? Who that's uh I don't know who would even fall into the category. So who 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 do you has kind of stood out that you don't think has looked kind of impactful or or has kind of had a rough preseason that you foresee being in the rotation? Now, I won't say necessarily that he's looked rough, but I I thought we'd see a little bit more, and maybe this is just out of the 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 lineups that he's played in. That's Robin Lopez. Um, mm. I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him, but I mean this is probably not the best time for him to be impactful uh, to be honest. And I'm not even sure if he'll be in the rotation. Uh, Another guy who who just exactly right. And and veterans in preseason, it's so hard to tell. Have they taken a step back or is this their 15th preseason and they're, they're kind of going through the motions. Like (laughs) Rolo can still set a hell of a screen and like, those hook shots, man. Yeah, you, you saw uh, Frollo out there. Jared Allen uh, had, had the little hook shot and then pointed to uh, Lopez on the bench, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like even if he's lost a bit a step, like I, I still think that he he's going to be able to go out there and you know set some screens and and do things that are, are helpful relative to what we got out of Ed Davis uh, when we needed to play him. And the other thing that I'm curious about is if Rolo is playing some backups center minutes does that come alongside evan mobley because if rollo's lost a, a step on the defensive end of the court and, and mobley's out there we know that he can go out there and cover for a lot right like he, he kind of plays in that robert williams type defensive role where he's a free safety he, he's going to to come out of nowhere and, and blow up a play and and disrupt the offense so that's going to be a little different than when he's out there playing with the reserves in preseason so that'll be an interesting thing if he is in the rotation but I kind of anticipate on most nights it's going to be similar to last year where Evan Mobley is functionally playing as the backup center and just kind of gives the Cavs a, a different look in those minutes. For sure. It could be like a situational type of um, uh, situation, I guess, uh, best way to put it. Um, you could see a lot of these guys be plug and play and matchup based. Um, I think Robin Lopez is no different when you're facing more of a traditional center and you need somebody who can go out there and uh, clog up the paint a little on there. And, you know, it's just one of the guys that you could throw out there. I feel Mm -hmm. um, has somewhat of a a really fun energy about him. Uh, You just love to see that guy on the court and whatnot. But yeah, who knows if he'll actually figure into the rotation. Uh, But that's it. Let's talk a little bit about the battle for the uh, starting three. Now Mm -hmm. we have seen some encouraging things from Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, who figure to be like the the actual competitors for this. If it's not already been (laughs) established behind closed doors, um, I mean, Lavert. he's moved the ball really well. Um, he's, he's made shots. He's been a facilitator. And, you know, there was a lot of people out there who questioned his ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like he's proven some people wrong. And he has not been a travesty on defense <laughs> um, preseason. Uh, you know, take it for what it's worth. Okoro hasn't been afraid to let it fly from beyond the arc. And he did finally come through yesterday going two and a four, uh, two and four from beyond the arc, which was awesome to see. Uh, he was moving around, cutting when the opportunity presented themselves and bringing his uh, high-level brand of defense. That's just one of the things that we know we can usually expect from him. And then Wade. Like, the Wade is like – I want to to root for Dean Wade so hard, but I just do not know how to feel about, like, what his actual role with his team would be. Because in that first game, dude went three of five from beyond the arc. <laughs> Looked really good. Um, uh, one of three – in his second game, three of eight overall. And then we just don't see him. So mm-hmm. I do not know what to make of where he kind of resides in regards to that battle for the starting three. But as of right now, if you had to choose one guy, uh, who is the man for the job? So that's a loaded question because it becomes, okay, if I'm the coach and based off what I can see, obviously I don't, I don't see practice, who would I start? On performance, it's Karis LeVert. He, he's had the best preseason out of the options available at, at the small forward position. From a basketball philosophy standpoint, I would go Isaac Okoro because I just like having Karis LeVert bring in that juice with the second unit. Um, I think Okoro is kind of the highest upside path for the Cavs long term. Uh, in, in terms of a, a three and D wing that kind of fits that role perfectly. And like if Isaac Okoro goes out there and he earns that role, I think it puts 
everybody into a more natural position. But at the end of the day, the thing that's encouraging to me is it does look like there are guys that have made a legitimate case for the position. I didn't want it to be a situation where it's like, well, we're, we're picking the best of the available <laughs> options. Uh, no one's fitting like a glove, but you know what? Like, we'll just go forward with this. I, I do like the fact that Karis has kind of embraced a different role and and that Isaac has, you know, shown more of a willingness to, to go out there and, and take shots and be assertive in other ways. I love the fact that he's crashing the boards. I think that's a really, really encouraging sign because that's one of those areas that he can really make a difference, uh, especially on the offensive class um but you know right now it does look like a situation where you know i feel better about karis lavert with garland and mitchell than i would have before i saw those guys play together like i I didn't think that that was going to be a fit that was really natural and i thought maybe his strengths would be a little minimized but you know (laughs) if he's playing this kind of a role and he's really selling out uh playing the team game that's great. Like he can really make a difference there. And and whether it's as a starter, uh, whether that's as a closer or, or whether it's eight to 10 minutes throughout the flow of a game, mm-hmm. I like that as a look. Uh, J- JB went to Garland, Sexton and Rubio to close two out of the nine games that they had together last season, right? Like having three ball handlers, uh, anyone can bring up the ball and, and, you know, we can get creative. We, we can have everybody moving off ball and, and on ball and, uh, we, we can play with a little more pace. Like, I think that's something that JB Bickerstaff values. So I do like that Karras has stepped up in that way. But what I'm looking at from a long-term perspective, Isaac Okoro taking <laughs> that role would make such a big difference. Like, I, I love that we're in a situation where we're no longer asking who the fourth guy is going to be. We're asking who the fifth is. I just... I'm rooting for Isaac Okoro because it could make a really, really big difference for this, uh, the, the team building moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I want Isaac to be that guy, but I'm just not so sure that it's going to be at the start of the season. Um, if Karis and, and it doesn't playing, need to be, right? No, no. If, if Karis LeVert is playing this well, he's he seems to be a good fit alongside the backcourt and, you know, and the frontcourt. Um, how can you remove him? Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's made his his case so far i think but isaac is right there it's just like such a thin margin like i i really do not know is it really is a coin flip between these two and yeah, i think and like you said it doesn't need to be the start of the season like garland's second year in the nba he went out there still looked a little tentative at the start of the year and mm-hmm. then around the all-star break really started making a big difference colin sexton when he had his breakout 24 and four and a half a year he started horribly like he is first, I think he was shooting like 18% from three for like the first two months. Uh, didn't look comfortable. Then they moved on from Jordan Clarkson and kind of opened up an opportunity. And he really started to play well off ball, right? Like he, he adjusted to that new role and he had the best season of his career. Growth isn't linear. You're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some rough games. What I want to see from Isaac Okoro, no matter what the role is, is the flashes we saw last season and the flashes that we're seeing now in the preseason for it to just become a little more frequent. If it's two out of every five games over a 10-game sample, the next 10-game sample can happen three times, right? Like, (laughs) can, can we just see that kind of steady growth where the flashes become a little more frequent, he becomes a little more confident? And I don't necessarily think it's going to be something that's always captured in the numbers, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you look at what's going to be asked of him with this team. But I, I've made this comparison before, but I, I think he can be like a small forward version of Tristan Thompson, where the more talent you put around him, the more he fills in the gaps, right? If he's not being asked to do too much, the things that he can do well become mm-hmm. amplified. And that's my hope for him this season. I think that's a really good mindset to have in regards to him. And, you know, we, we have to kind of temper and manage our expectations. We cannot expect the same type of third-year leap that we got out of a guy like Colin Sexton and a guy like DG. You just cannot expect that. And what his breakout could be could look a hell of a lot different than what those two guys are. Uh, are. He just needs to play his role, you know, uh, make sure that he's being impactful in whatever they ask him to do. And I think the the, the positives will start to show on a more consistent basis. Now, one guy who we have not seen yet and who we are supposed to see tomorrow, apparently, is Evan Mobley. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, yes. we, have, we haven't seen the dude since the end of the 2021-22 season in live game action. Do you think he's actually going to pick up right where he left off, or do you think he's going to need some time to adjust? I have no idea because year two, like these guys will put in work, but sometimes it's what I talked about before, where you know you're you're trying to figure out where everything you've added to your game fits into the team concept. Like uh, I've watched the Toronto Raptors, all, all of their preseason games, and Scotty Barnes looks like he's in his own head. Like he he is very tentative out there. He has not had a good preseason. But I don't think that necessarily reflects on what his rookie year is going to be. Like, um, I, I think even last year's preseason, I don't think DG looked particularly great, but he had a fantastic year where he ends up looking like one of the best point guards in the league, right? So I, I don't know what it's going to be for Evan Mobley, especially, you know, coming off the injury, like I, how tentative he's going to be. But you have to believe with, with all the stuff that's come out of camp of just how good he looks. Dude looks juiced, man. Dude is, there dude. is some reason for optimism. <laughs> and, like, I, I here's the thing. I, I think as Cavs fans, we still have no idea what the hell to do with an Evan Mobley archetype. No. Like, we, w- the last kind of offensive hub big man that we truly had was Brad Doherty. And a, a lot of the Cavs fans now, like myself included, like I wasn't watching, I was too young to, to watch the, right. the Cavs like that, right? Especially with kind of the eye that I have now. We know the electric point guard archetype. We, we've had Kyrie, we've had uh, Darius Garland. Like that, that's something that's familiar. We know the point forward because we've studied LeBron James all of those <laughs> years, right? We, we understand those archetypes more. We don't know what the hell to do with an Evan Mobley. And last year, I was like, okay, you know, like he's going to be a connector. We, we have to kind of temper our expectations. He's probably going to be a lot better on de- defense than he is offense, which of course was true. But he's also way ahead of where I expected him to be. And the buzz out of camp is that he, he's just looked fantastic. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. And I mean, I feel really good about this team. Like it. If for whatever reason Evan Mobley decided, you know what, I'm just going to take this year off. I'm, I'm going to watch what's going on with the Cavs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to rest up. Uh, I, I'm going to go play baseball for a year or something weird like that. If he took the year off, I would feel really good about this Cavs team. Like they, they look great in preseason. I like what Garland and Mitchell can do together. Allen's an all star. They have some good depth around them. Evan Mobley is what can determine the ceiling of this team. How ready he is. And how much of a threat he is, the kind of gravity he has with or without a jumper, that is what's going to determine whether or not the Cavs are a solid home court team that can actually put some fear into one of these established teams in a playoff series. That's an excellent way to put it. What is the over-under, do you feel, that he makes the all-star game this season? Ooh, I don't feel great about it. Um, he may deserve it, but I just feel like Garland and Mitchell are going to get a lot of that attention. Like they're, I think both of them are going to have the best years of their careers in in terms of like efficiency. Like Mm -hmm. neither of them have played off of someone like the other one, right? Like it's, it's truly so damn exciting. Like they put up 23s in last night's preseason game, shooting them both at 40% clip. Like you don't see that with a lot of backcourts. Like you see that with Steph and Clay. But Clay wasn't going to dribble like prior to his injuries. Like (laughs) we were talking about like seven dribbles in a game. There wasn't the threat of, oh, we have to close out on this elite three point shooter and he can also put it on the floor and is an elite playmaker that can create for others. Right. Like that is a completely different dynamic. And I'm so excited for what that is going to look like. Like, I think those two together are going to be awesome. And unless the Cavs are like the one seed, it's going to be hard to get three all-stars. Like I, I think J.A. is probably <laughs> going to get the short end of the stick. But uh-huh. you know what? Like if they are the one seed and they still have a top five defense and Evan Mobley's in that all defensive conversation at like 18 points per game, who knows? Maybe, maybe there's a chance, but I'm, I'm trying to temper my expectations here. <laughs> Mac, don't, don't ask me those kind of reckless questions because I'll get reckless in response. That's what you're supposed to do. This is chill, man. Um, you don't <laughs> you um you don't think we could see an Atlanta Hawks type of season where we get four of these guys in here? <laughs> Look, I if for whatever reason Darius Garland 
Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen get a combined player of the month. We gotta blow up the team. I'm 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 not here for it. I, I don't wanna see it. You know, that was a disgrace. Should never happen. And you know what? The vibes are immaculate. Why mess it up with that kind of bad karma? So no, no combined player of the month. Uh m- maybe at some point we get a, a Detroit Pistons style like four all stars out of it. I, I will accept that, but I, I don't wanna see no Atlanta Hawks player of the month. <laughs> All right, man. All right, I won't press you too hard on that. Um, what do yeah, you don't make? you don't you dare don't don't do that to me, Mac. <laughs> what do you make of the fit between DG and uh, Spider so far? It looks good. Like I I, I think it's helpful. I, I made this point on, on this week's episode of Chase Down. I think it's helpful that you can run a lot of the same actions you are already anticipating running with Garland and Sexton, right? Like I I think that there was already a little bit of a foundation there and. Even if you're talking about like the the pin downs and the ways to get Mitchell three point opportunities that probably are similar to what you're going to do with uh, Ochai Abaji, right? Like Mitchell kind of combines those traits in just such an exciting way and adds that element of playmaking. I, I think they've looked really really good together. Um, I've I've been encouraged by it. I think it's good that DG is taking that lead role. I think that helps Mitchell kind of settle into, uh, you know, playing off of him and uh, take some of the pressure off where they're not standing around and watching. There's going to be nights where it does look a little awkward. um, And and you kind of hope that when that happens, that the defense carries you forward and you still continue to get wins uh, through those growing periods. But I do think when you have guys that are as unselfish as they are, but also, at the same time, not afraid to take those shots. I think it's going to be a relatively smooth transition, at least in comparison to some of the other kind of star tandems that first got together, right? Like, they, there's always going to be an adjustment, but I, I think they look really good. And, and as Mitchell continues to get more and more confident, I think he's he's in a great position to have the most efficient season of his career. Do you think that we're going to see a lot of minute staggering between the two to keep one on the court at all times? I would. I mean, you do it with Allen and Mobley so that you always have one elite defensive player. Why not do the same with the playmaker, right? Like, I I think we saw quite a bit of Point Mitchell uh, throughout the season. And, and, you know, like, maybe that's part of the the rationale of keeping Levert with the starters because then it's easier that, you know, you can have kind of Mitchell out there with Okoro, Wade, Love, and Mobley uh, as kind of a second-unit look. Like, it, it just makes it easier uh, we'll we'll see what JB Bickerstaff does with the rotations, but I, I would absolutely anticipate uh, the staggering of those two guards. So maybe it's if they're playing 32 minutes a night, you can have 16 minutes together and 16 minutes uh, without one another, and that gives you the the 48 minutes of elite guard play at all times. So uh, I, I would feel pretty good about that if that's the way they use them. A lot of flexibility. That's all I'm hearing. Uh, in a lot better position than the Cavs uh, were in previous seasons. Imagine 12 months ago. Like, if you told us 12 months ago that the Cavs would add Donovan Mitchell and there's an argument that he's not the best player on the team, we would be over the moon. <laughs> we would absolutely be over the moon. And, and the nice thing about Garland and Mitchell is them maximizing their own abilities doesn't really infringe on one another. Like it's a really symbiotic relationship. And that's, that's what's so damn exciting about this. And then you add an unselfish player like Jared Allen, where even in a game like last night, where he only got five shots, he is still running the floor hard every single time up and down. He's still making his presence felt. And, and Evan Mobley is all about winning too. So it's, it's a really, really promising dynamic. And I, I just, Sometimes it feels a little surreal that this is what we're going to get to watch for the next few years. Hey, man, after that struggle of a rebuild that uh, <laughs> we had to sit through, I think we're getting what we deserve here. Um, this, is a, this is a much better reality than uh, Earl Clark trying to inbound the ball. <laughs> uh, all I know, man, in, in that regard is that Cleveland, you know, one of the best parts about this rebuild is that most of this is organic. Like mm-hmm. you have done most of this organically. Kobe Altman has been a straight up wizard with some of the deals that he's made. And a lot of people were not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, when he was making some of these moves. And he's fielded one hell of a roster. I, I just really can't wait to see this season through. And, you know, while we know that there are not title 
um, expectations on this team this year. You can't rule anything out with just how you know how much talent you have in town. Um, I, I would rule out a title this year. Like that, that would be nuts. That that would be absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, I, what I'm really hoping for is, like I said earlier, that they they really put a fear fear of God in, into one of these really established teams, and, and that they can maybe even pull off an upset or two. Like I I think they have enough talent on this roster that the reason they lose when that happens isn't going to be because a piece was missing from a roster construction standpoint. It's that there is an element of growth. There's an element of experience that was missing that you can only really identify by the fire of playoff basketball, by going out there and seeing the adjustments teams make. And I mean, the clearest path to contention Mm -hmm. is the upside of Evan Mobley. It's Evan Mobley recognizing his potential and it's funny because you look at Darius Garland, he's 22 years old. Donovan Mitchell is probably in the first year of his prime. Like guards usually start to enter their prime at 26 years old. That has to be factored in the equation here. Like they can absolutely stay ahead of the curve like they were last season, mm-hmm. but this is going to take time. This is a process and I'm excited to see how far ahead of the curve they are, right? Like I'm I'm excited to see okay, if these guys really establish themselves, what does that mean for someone like Karis Levert? Like, does he settle into kind of a the perfect sixth man for this team, or, or uh, does does he like find his spot uh, place in the roster as the starting small forward, and it just works in ways that we didn't expect, Corey similar to how Larry Market out of town mid season. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we didn't expect Lowry to work last year at the small forward position. So I, I try to keep an open mind because you never know. Like I there's in basketball discourse, there's always the extremes, right? Like the, mm-hmm. there's the you know, there's the ball don't stop where it's it's the passion, it's the pull up, hezzy jimbo, all all that good stuff, <laughs> right? Then there's the other side where it's just numbers, right? Where every player is a net rating and we have to get these guys in the right combination. If we just get the most amount of positive net ratings and RPMs and all that kind of stuff, then all of a sudden you've built a championship team. Guys aren't static commodities. Like even watching the Redeem Team doc, how Chris Bosch. I was just watching that today, man. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> how Chris Bosch recognized, okay, what's going to be asked of me is to contribute more on the defensive end. And I haven't really done that to this point in my career, but I'm going to step up in that way. Like, guys, they're humans, right? Like, and the excitement of this opportunity is probably not just felt. Uh, among us as fans, it's felt amongst the players, right? Like it, it cares Levert in a contract year. This is he Motivation. probably as much as you want to like go out and get the bag for yourself. He probably recognizes the interested teams in the free agency market aren't necessarily going to be better basketball situations. Like Cleveland is already now one of the better basketball situations and, and a team with a lot of cap space to throw money at Levert mm-hmm. probably isn't going to be, you know, kind of in the mold of a future contender. So he probably wants to show, Hey, not only do I, I want money, I want money for this team because I can fit into the role you need me to accept. Uh, and, and even Donovan Mitchell, like the fact that in his press conference, he's talking about, Hey, this was a team that won 44 games and should have won more if they weren't blown up with injuries. I'm not here to make this my team. I'm here to enhance what was already in place. I'm I'm here to play better on the defensive end of the court like I did in college in my first two years in the NBA. Uh, I'm here to to play off of Darius Garland. Like all of that stuff. I'm excited to see kind of those individual journeys for each of these players and, and to see how they kind of step up to the plate when, when it comes to the opportunities that are afforded to them with this roster. As they say, you know, the journey is the best part, you know, to be cliche. Uh, but I mean, yeah. we, this we, is the most fun. This is the most fun. Like we know the pressure of the championship basketball, <laughs> like that, that four years, that was, we didn't rough. Have, it was that not was the rough. most fun in the regular season. Like that, that was brutal. And it, you're right. It's so much more fun when it's organic and, and we've, kind of grown with these guys over the last couple of years and, and seeing them come into their own. I'm excited for that aspect. Like to me, that's the most fun because if you're not enjoying every single moment of it, like as much as 
the the age of this team makes you think like this core is going to last forever. Weird stuff happens. You never know when that window is going to shut. So I'm going to try to enjoy this as much as I can for however long this is together. Hell yeah, man. We have to after watching, you know, the the years of the rebuild. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on before we get out of here is that 15th roster spot. Now, yeah, um, man, I've been just gushing over uh, Mama Diakite. Yes. Oh, man, he's fun. <laughs> I like him. I have been, um, I feel like the campaign manager for the 15th spot there with him. Uh, he's been very exciting. Uh, I mean, the dude is in the top four in like all in all six, well, in four <laughs> of the six categories, statistically, uh, four of the six majors. Like, like LeBron categories. in the finals, man, <laughs> leading the team in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just, he, he just seems to play the right way. He's always in the right spot and he does not look afraid to get dirty, you know, get in there and, and, and do some of the dirty work. And this is a guy who not a lot of people are familiar with. And I'm not going to lie. It's not like I knew the name Mamadou Diakite before he was signed um, to this training camp deal. But um, when you're looking at that 15 spot and the guys who could potentially feel who are either on fill that spot, who are either in the uh, on a training camp deal right now or on a two way and could potentially be converted. Do you see a move being made? Um, to fill that spot before the season starts, or do you think they're going to roll into the season with that spot open? Oh, that's really tough. I I would imagine that somebody's going to get some sort of a deal. Like I, I can even see a non guaranteed deal, like similar to what they did with Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, right? Like let, let's see if we can give Diakite that opportunity where if something comes up, we can wave him, we can cut him if need be. Who knows? Maybe even RJ Nemhard gets promoted into that role, and then you give uh, Sharif or Diakite uh, the two-way spot. Um, personally, like it's tricky because I, I just don't see, especially with Levert on the roster, like mm-hmm. RJ becomes less interesting to me when you, you kind of have that fully formed version <laughs> I'm already. I'm done, bro. I'm done. I'm done. I've seen everything I need to see out of RJ. But but the thing is, like we don't know what they see in practice. Like we we don't know, right? Like it's, I like I'm sure Isaac Okoro. Like we talk about how he shot like forty percent over the last few months of the season. I'm sure he hits everything in practice. He and does. who knows? Maybe that's the case with RJ Namhard. Maybe they they like what they see. I I, I mean I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not watching charge games. I I don't know what he's <laughs> doing there. I know the stats are good, um, but. I, that decision-making process, you, you kind of have to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But like for me as an emotional fan standpoint, I'm like, okay, you know, like let, let's get rid of RJ. Let's uh, have Diakite <laughs> on, on a non-guaranteed deal with the big club. Let's send Sharif to the charge so that the, the, the boys can go watch him and Isaiah put, put in work uh, throughout the, the G League season. Like that, that's the way that I lean. But yeah, you do have to kind of acknowledge, hey, we don't have all the same information that they have. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to trust because they, they made <laughs> these good moves on the margins over the past. For like Brandon Goodwin was not something I expected last year. And he filled in that role ad- admirably, right? Like uh, Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens. We wouldn't have really known what those guys were when they were first brought on uh, to the roster and, and kind of given their opportunities with the charge. So kind of have to trust the player development, but for me, new is new, right? Like it, it, new is always, new is always more sexy. <laughs> it's always more exciting. And the newness makes me feel good. But I've also seen like OKC writers and, and talk about Diakite and how inconsistency is one of the biggest issues there. But mm-hmm. for me, like the, the, the PTSD of the injuries, man, like I, I just, if I see a big man that, that looks like they can fill in and give the Cavs some good minutes uh, if the opportunity is is there. I'm going to lean towards that kind of depth because I I just don't see a situation where so many players are out that RJ Nemhard needs to have that opportunity. Like if that many players are out, out that RJ Nemhard needs to play, it probably <laughs> doesn't matter what he's going to bring to the table. They're probably going to be screwed at that point. <laughs> Just the body to throw there. Yeah. If the Cavs do not sign this motherfucker, I do not what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose it, dude. If they don't sign, <laughs> if, they don't, if they don't sign Diakite after witnessing the sheer amount of injuries last season and how important that could be, especially at that position. 
I mean, this is a dude who, who was mobile. He's out there. He's playing defense. He can space the floor to a degree. Um, this is, this is what I love about the preseason, and this is what I love about fandom <laughs> in general. The fact that, like, the conversation about the 15th man on a roster that we just <laughs> love the depth, it just elicits this kind of emotion where you're like, come on. If it's not going to Diakite, I'm, 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 I'm going to lose it. I'm going <laughs> to punch a hole in the wall. Like, it, it's so absurd, but also, like, I recognize that. I see me and you there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we're just in – when we're talking about the the impact that a 15th man could have, you know that we're in a good spot. <laughs> uh, you, you know that we're in a good spot as a team. And I just – I really, like three to four seasons back, I did not expect the Cavs, based off of previous experience, um, would be this good, this fast. Um, this is this has been one hell of a rebuild. I do not consider the team to be in a rebuild stage anymore. Although I don't think they're contending yet either. I think they're in that weird in between stage. We're in the right build, now. baby. Mm-hmm. We're we're building up. It's it's just a great spot to be in as a Cavs fan. Uh, with that said, like we always tell you guys, if you like to be added to the it's Cavalier exclusive Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said rating or review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com. Make sure you go out there and subscribe if you're watching this right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what do we do? What do we do, Justin, to continue to manage our expectations here with, with such excitement and such you know, just all this young talent around. I just, I don't know how to contain myself sometimes. Do what I do, man. I watch the games with my emotions on my sleeve and then I compose my thoughts. I I take my game notes throughout the game, but like, that's why I watch a second time because the first time through, I'm watching the ball a little more than I should be, right? Like, if you're really trying to figure out what's going on, half the time you can't be watching the guy with the ball uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to watching the NBA. But, like, I'm I'm living in the moment. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm rooting for all the guys. But, like, that's I, a lot of the time I need that second watch through to just kind of collect my thoughts. And then uh, it, it is helpful that we don't podcast right after games, too, because sometimes, you know, like, the emotions are running the so hot that I... Comes I off. There's too many thoughts that go on in my head. Half of them are are complete nonsense. And it takes me a little while to kind of synthesize that down into something that's actually consumable. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you there, man. With that said, go Caps.